and we are live with living the guide life today just got back from south dakota um chasing some snows make sure to get out there everybody they are rolling through it's a fun time and uh go try to beat them up um and i know turkey season starting for some of y'all our turkey season will start rolling here in late april so we're gonna get after when we can but i know them florida boys are getting it done and it looks like they're having a blast now today's episode is brought to you by chasing foul outfitters we are more than happy to have you come along want to meet some of y'all um get in on the action man it's going to be a good time this year mallards honkers and then some other Sporadic puddle ducks, but it'll be fun, man. It'll be a really good time, and I'm excited about it. But today, we have Zach Rutledge on. Now, Zach is a creator, and he's starting to really make his name for himself in the industry. And we just really discuss on what it's like and how you, you know, jump into this scenario, man. And, you know, how you read those algorithms for instagram and all that kind of different stuff on when to post how to post what not to really maximize your success so it's really neat to you know dig into some of that and then the other topics he's got is going into youtube and much more so hopefully you guys can get something from that and uh here we go All right, we are live with episode 35 of Living the Guide Life, and we have Zach Rutledge on, um, a freelance photographer and videographer, and he also does guide work with on-the-deck outfitters, long-neck outfitters, and is going to be moving out to West Texas full-time next year to be working out there. So, Zach, how are we doing? Doing good. How about yourself? Uh, just living the dream in Minnesota, dude. Can't complain. Got, got that nice weather coming in. It's feeling good. Mm-hmm. Let's say down here in Arkansas, about 40, 50 degree days. And, you know, finally starting to see the sun after a week of rain. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I heard that rain is terrible down there. Oh, it rains like, it's like almost like you're in the Pacific Northwest down here. We get rain every week and man, it sucks. Mud everywhere. I've been in the mud since October 31st, since the start of the season, man. We haven't had a dry day really since. Yeah, damn. And how long were you in Texas for? Uh, I was in Texas uh, for two weeks, but split up. So during the splits here in Arkansas, when I didn't have anything to do, I'd fly down to Texas and go work with my buddies down there. Okay, fair enough. How was that? That was fun, man. I love I loved the West Texas scene, and I'm super excited to be down there with Longneck next year and doing work for them and working for them. But, man, there's nothing like shooting those cranes and shooting big piles of lessers in under an hour. Like, just crazy hunting styles, man. I just really love the West Texas scene. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I noticed uh, a couple of my buddies came down and uh, hooked up with you guys, like Colin Clary, uh, John from Mendak. Um, yep. Luke Cornier, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Dustin. Yeah, that was a fun time when they came into town, man. We showed them the West Texas style hunting, and they got to get on some cranes and get on some lessers and stuff like that. They were a good time for sure. Oh yeah, they're a bunch of characters. <laughs> they are a lot of fun to hang off. But yeah, man, uh, give me a little rundown on your story. How this all started? 
So I got into the hunting scene when I was about eight years old. So uh, my family, so like in in house, my family, no one really hunt. Uh, my dad started getting into deer hunting after I got into hunting, but a family friend offered to take me uh, duck hunting on the river one day. So where I'm at in Indiana, it's decently good waterfowl hunting. Not as good compared to the rest of the United States, but in the state of Indiana, man, we have probably some of the best duck hunting in all the in all the state. So we uh, were situated in between two rivers. So I grew up hunting the river with my family friend, and I remember the first time going out there and just got completely hooked. Like I can tell you everything from the start to the end of the day when we were waterfowl hunting, and that just got my addiction going there. And then I got into the whole camera deal. So I've been I fell in love with cameras when I was about eleven. Got my first DSLR. And uh, really started diving into taking photos and stuff like that. And I was trying to figure out a way, you know, to combine my passion. So I just brought my camera out hunting with some buddies one day and really fell in love with it. Started taking hunting photos, fishing photos, uh, hunting videos and stuff like that. And I was in high school trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do with my life? So straight out of high school, I just pursued a career um, creating content in the hunting and outdoor industry. And it worked out great. Now it's what I'm doing full time. Uh, working with different companies, doing different things on social media between Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, and different stuff like that. And just that's just just doing what I love and truly living out my dream life. It's just wouldn't want to do anything else in the world. Absolutely, brother. Sounds like you uh, got it made. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Heard that? Yeah, dude. I uh, I first recognized you off of TikTok, and then mm-hmm. realized you. Uh, on instagram and everything else but yeah you've uh you've got quite the scenario going on tiktok i feel like yeah. everyone everyone kind of notices there notices you there mm-hmm. so that all started as a joke and stuff like that like man like i'm kind of embarrassed with like d money seven thousand that's such a <laughs> that's such a joke name but i started actually i don't know if you remember the game or not if you ever played it but club penguin that disney game yep that was like when i was like wherever that came out and i got in there that's what i made my name on there so when I started TikTok, it started out as a joke. Like I was just posting funny stuff, like doing funny hunting like videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like blowing up and I was like, whoa, this is, you know, this is cool. But at the same time, I feel like people probably think I'm a little weird because my name's Z-Money 7000 or not something, you know, like official on there. But I just kind of kept it and I'm just keeping rolling with it. When people recognize me, like when I go to Max down here, I always have some kid walk up and be like, yo, you're Z-Money 7000. Like, gosh, why is that my name? But... Yeah, I mean the TikTok thing is cool, man. I love creating the short form content. You know, um, I used to make a lot of funny stuff with the cinematics, and now I kind of roll with just the cinematics, and uh, it's working out good for me. It's, that really helped my business grow a lot. But I just really love, you know, being able to portray the, the sport of hunting in anywhere from three to fifteen seconds, and get really like people hooked. Like I just posted my a recent TikTok, my last one. And, I had someone comment on there. I've never been hunting before, but this makes me want to hunt. Like that made me realize like why I do all of that stuff like that. Just so, you know, get new people involved, show people what hunting's really like, you know, break away from the stereotypes. So you have to be a country redneck to go hunting and stuff like that. And show how cool and how addicting it really is. So. Absolutely. brother. And I feel like just TikTok is a great way. Like you're saying to blow up kind of and yeah. uh, build, uh-huh. build your brand up. And yeah, it's, Go ahead. It's a real, it's a real confusing algorithm to learn. Like you know, being someone who works in social media full time, so you kind of gotta learn how to play the algorithm game. And that was why TikTok was the hardest algorithm to learn. So random. But 
with that at the same time, TikTok is a great platform if you want to get big quick because if you know how to play the game, you can blow up your account super quick and get a bunch of traction and stuff like that. It's the easiest um, social media app to gain traction on and stuff like that. It's a really good way to put your name out there. So it's a fun app for sure. There's lots of different stuff on there, but you know, I've really fallen in love with it. Yeah, and you were talking about the algorithm a little bit. Um, is that just like how you post videos or certain times and stuff like that? Yeah, it's just like kind of like similar to Instagram and stuff like that. Like you can go in and look at your analytics and see, you know, when your followers are most active, like what type of stuff content your followers want to see, you know, what how your your followers react to your content and stuff like that. And it really helps you decide when you're gonna post, what to post. And with TikTok really it's all about capitalizing on the trends. So okay. like if you see like a popular song or something, like if I find a popular song on the for you page and I see like I go through and I'll be like that 10 videos back to back to back using the same song. I'll be like, okay, I think I need to hear some song for an edit. And then it just, it just blows up. Cause you're, it's all about capitalizing on trends on that app, man. That's what really helps you learn the algorithm. And that's like the main key to the algorithm is really just conquering the trends and putting your own twist on them. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Cause I don't use TikTok a ton, but I know, uh, you see all those trends like you were saying. I mean, you'll see a bunch of them. And I'm like, huh, okay, that's probably yeah. that's probably a part of it. Yeah, for sure. So, and I've made a lot of great friends and stuff like that through TikTok. Like, you'd be surprised at how many people in the hunting industry are actually on TikTok. So, uh, Colton Kerr is another really big hunting creator on there. Yeah, um, I've got to become good friends with him through TikTok and stuff like that. He's in Arkansas where I'm at, right? Like close to where I'm at. So I've got to get together and hunt with him, go have dinner with him, hang out with him. Um, you know, just been creating relationships. And I met one of my best friends through, through TikTok, Cole Burford. Uh, him and I are actually moving in together next month and we're going to start the YouTube game and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, TikTok's been really good to me. A lot of good relationship, relationships along with, you know, being able to create content that I love and other people love and really help me grow my business as a cinematographer and a, and a photographer. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, because I haven't seen you on YouTube, so I was wondering about if you were going to hop into the game or not. Yeah, so uh, Cole and I, so Cole has a lot of big, he's friends with all the Guggen Squad and stuff like that on YouTube, and he's been hanging out with them and really, they've been helping him um, decide whether or not he should do YouTube, and they all agree that it'd be a good idea to start the YouTube channel. So Cole reached out to me and was like, hey man, like, you know, we're good friends, I'd love for you to come moved into moved to fort worth texas with me and you know film for my youtube and stuff like that like man i love the opportunity so we're gonna do that um i don't really like being in front of the camera too much i'm more of a behind the camera like i love creating content but i don't like being in the content so <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like the perfect opportunity so you'll see my cinematography work with cole's youtube along with i'll be doing um numerous different short films i'll be doing a bunch of them in lubbock uh, next season with long neck we're planning on doing like a whole video series similar to like what honey breaks doing and stuff like that and like a, a weekly episode will drop every week about what's going on in lubbock how's the hunting going just like the day-to-day -day life of what it's like to be in an outfitter yeah along with uh my short films and stuff like that i got a couple fly fishing films coming up uh mm -hmm. this summer some turkey stuff this spring so super excited to see what comes down the line with that but yeah I feel like it's a great opportunity, like you're saying with Honeybreak, um, to create those films because I feel like a lot of outfitters aren't doing stuff like that. Yeah. And to build that and show what they're doing, 
on a weekly basis so you kind of can expect when you're going to go down there yeah like that's a really power move yeah and it's it's really good too because a lot of people don't really see the when they come to an outfit they they get to experience like you know what it's like like lodge life and the food and the hunting and stuff like that but they don't get to see the full picture all the behind the scenes work that goes on uh to put these hunts on um all the scouting all the getting the decoys ready getting the trailers ready you know realizing all these different things like watching the weather and, and all these different things that goes into putting on a good hunt at an outfit and that's really what we want to showcase the hard work not only that people appreciate when they come to hunt with long neck but when they go and hunt with any outfitter knowing that you know these guys day in and day out are grinding breaking their backs to put their clients on a good hunt. We just want to be able to showcase that for everyone to see. Absolutely, man. And yeah, are you going to make like, like decently long films or are they just going to be like short clips that you're going to put together each week? Uh, so each week I plan on doing uh, anywhere from a 10 to 20 minute episode. So covering, you know, a couple good hunts from that week, uh, yep. a couple tips and stuff like that. Uh, you know, maybe throwing some like crane cooking recipes and goose cooking recipes and stuff like that in there. We're just making it like a YouTube series so people can see what we're doing. Like, you know, have a storyline with it, like cover a week from start to finish and uh, just doing that so people can really feel like they're with us and coming along on this journey as long next growing and uh, advancing in Lubbock and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's a great, I mean, to use that platform because you can get quite a amount- good amount of views on that as well i mean if you post mm-hmm. it at the right time and the right yep. captions and everything um mm-hmm. you can get a lot of views from that yep a lot it'll of- be it'll be a good time for sure so oh. we'll be planning on doing that on youtube along with uh shorter shorter vlog style stuff on like the, like anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute on tiktok uh rolling with the igtv stuff so rolling on content on any form of social media that we can to help grow long neck and uh just give people the full experience when they come home with us absolutely and you got a pretty good following ratio yourself as well um yeah kind of go into that yeah so uh i mean on tiktok right now i think i'm around thirty-five thousand followers yeah so i mean I, I was at a pretty steady plateau for a little bit now my account's starting to pick back up uh starting to grow again you know um just hoping i can increase followers on there and just you know show share more content with people but uh i've been doing pretty good on instagram too been growing pretty steadily on there as i learned the algorithm how to play the game on instagram how to what content to post when um different forms of content on uh, on instagram between stories posts uh igtv and reels trying to learn all that stuff like that but you know i really enjoy the social media game and for me it's you know a lot of people, they just like to post on there so people can keep up with their lives. But when you work in social media and you, you like to study the algorithms, you begin to play the robot that runs the whole app. And it becomes like a game trying to beat the robot and trying to, you know, uh, gain as many followers as you can and gain as much engagement as you can off the algorithm. It's really enjoyable for me. So, Yeah, absolutely, man. So are you, uh, are you doing a lot of social media kind of stuff? Are you building any um, like profiles or anything like that right now? Uh, so I'm working with, so right now I do social, I run managed social media for a couple different accounts. So of course my own personal, yep. and then I run the, the on the deck outfitters is who I work with right now. I run our social media and then I've started to help out with specific calls with Trevor Austin. Yep. Um, I've taken over their TikTok, and I've been doing a lot of stuff with that. Um, I've been be, 
creating content for a bunch of different people, but uh, a bunch of different Instagrams and stuff like that, but not managing it. But uh, Pacific reached out to me and asked me to manage their TikTok. Um, So I've been really working on that and just creating content for other people like Backwoods Grind, uh, Coffee, Bowtech, G-Tech, Half Rack, different places like that, along with Pacific. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just talked to Trevor today. Um, He's a good dude. I love Trevor. Oh, yeah. Trevor's a great guy, man. He was just in Arkansas hunting with Dirty Bird. He stopped in and dropped me some calls off, dropped me some goodies off. So it was good to hang out with him and Stefan and all the other guys that he brought with him. So, yeah, Trevor's a solid dude, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. How'd you get uh, connected with him? So Cole has been working with Pacific quite a bit. And uh, when me and Cole got together, I was like, hey, Cole, like, you know, I was running Mold Gear before and uh, Echo Calls and I like I love the mold gear. It just wasn't cutting it for like lessers and stuff like that. And I really knowing yeah. I was going to West Texas and stuff like that. I, I needed to get on a good buster call. So he hooked me up with Trevor. Trevor and I started talking. He sent me a a batch of calls. He sent me um, a spec call since we do a lot of spec hunting down here in Arkansas and stuff like that. And a duck call uh, for duck hunting down here. And then along with the the two oh six, which is the best lesser call in the market, I believe, hands down. So. Uh, got involved with them that way, put me on staff with them, uh, doing different things with social media and just our relationship's been growing. And now he's a really good friend of mine and I'm super happy to have him as a connection in the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good people that you can get connected with off of social media nowadays. I mm-hmm. mean, it's unbelievable on like, how yeah, for sure. Even just doing the podcast on how many people I can reach out to and, yeah. uh, you know, make that connection which has been an absolute blast for me to kind of hear some stories and hear how people do things all around the country. Yeah, which, I mean, it seems like what I've learned over, I'm approaching my first full year in the hunting industry, and it's what I've really become to know, like, learn to know is that it's all about who you know in the industry and stuff like that, making connections, everything. And that's what I tell I get tons of DMs every single day asking how I got to the position that I am, and I'm just like, man, I just, you know, put myself out there. I network with people and that's how you grow because people talk in the industry, like even though the hunting industry seems so big, it's so small at the same time. So making the right connections with the right people, man, that's everything getting into this industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, were you doing a lot of waterfowl hunting um, before you kind of started all this? Because I see a lot of uh, turkey on you like to do. Oh, yeah. So growing up, man, you know, deer hunting, it was okay with me like it wasn't my best thing but in indiana where i'm at situated at in indiana like it's some primo deer hunting some of the best in the united states but it just didn't really kick it for me when i got into waterfowl at eight man i was just hooked uh i done a, i did a lot of waterfowl hunting and stuff like that and um but i when i started getting into turkey hunting man that really that's just something that completely blew my mind and i really fell in love with it it's waterfowl is my favorite but turkey hunting is a really close second. Like some days when a waterfowl hunting's tough, I'm like, man, maybe I should just focus on turkey hunting for the rest of my life. But man, there's just nothing like chasing down a gobbler in the hardwood, especially those Indiana Easterns trying to track them down in the swamps and stuff like that. And I don't know, just the, the chase and talking back and forth with them, man, there's nothing like turkey hunting. And I really love it. Like it's my like super close second, but mainly waterfowl is my my main thing like when it comes to content when it comes to work 
uh, I'd probably say about 85% of my work is uh, waterfowl when it comes to as a business, as creating content, as uh, putting stuff out there. But I've, I've begun to pick up more turkey people, uh, more turkey companies and stuff like that, along with some big game stuff and some archery stuff. But uh, man, I just if I could do more turkey work, work, I could. But waterfowl is really what I'm known for. So. Absolutely. And turkey season's rolling right around the corner. Are you going to be back up in Indiana for that? Uh, South Florida opens this weekend, and I got I got an opportunity to go down there, but we still have to chase these snows out for another week or so. Yeah. Or else I'd be down there in South Florida. But I'll probably go up to Indiana, uh, run home for a weekend, shoot a gobbler up there. But uh, we're going to run down and do a little Southwest trail type deal. Uh, probably going to run to... We're going to shoot a tur- some Rios in Texas. Uh, I got invited to run up to, to Nebraska and shoot a Miriam up there. Bounce around a little bit. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Nevada, Arkansas, different places like that. New Mexico and shoot some turkeys out there. But I'll definitely be doing a lot of turkey hunting this spring, creating a lot of turkey content. Yeah. Just because I love it so much. And A, I could, you know, where I'm in the position is I can get companies to help cover these trips. So why not do them? Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit of state for turkey hunting. I would do all forty nine if I could, but I'll just keep it <laughs> keep it between eight ten states this season. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so you're saying you got still about one week left of snows? Yeah, uh, we had that big snowstorm that came through Arkansas and held us up for a week. We couldn't run clients, snow drifts. We had like ten foot snow drifts and stuff like that on some roads, man. We couldn't get around. We couldn't operate. So. Uh, we had the clients move their dates back so we got cancellations coming up originally we were supposed to end around the 10th but i think we're going to end up push back another week so probably around the 17th is when we'll be done here in arkansas chasing the snows but uh man the snow goose hunting has been just tough this year man we've done we've been on feeds every single day like big feeds anywhere from you know 50k to we've even been on feeds of 250,000 and the snows just aren't patterned at all this year. They're just doing snow geese things, man. They they do what they want. They're a tough bird to hunt, but I really love it. Like, there's nothing like, you know, I really like the the toughness of snow geese hunting because those birds will make or break you as a waterfowl hunter. And they, I'm so angry at them right now. I'm ready just to shoot a big pile of them and get back at them. But they're keeping me on my toes, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And that mud man down there is unbelievable. Oh yeah, it's been soupy this week. After the thaw, we had the thaw, so all the 10 inches of snow that we had, uh, it all melted. So the whole state was like a big big pile of soup, just muddy soup. And then we got rain, like five inches of rain two days ago, two inches of rain the other day, just piling in on top of it. So it's going to be a, a muddy rest of the season, that's for sure. And when Arkansas gets muddy, man, it's it's muddy. Everything you own will be covered in mud. You can't escape it anywhere you go. Yeah. Are you guys using like the big rangers with tracks or how are you doing all that? Uh, we have like a, a Can-Am and a Polaris Ranger that we used to get around. Uh, we just have regular tires on it. and some, okay. We've only got stuck a couple of times, but tracks would definitely be nice, but those are expensive. And yeah. The wheels do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered how much better the tracks do down there compared to just regular tires. Yeah, I've never been on a track vehicle down here, but I bet I have. We have a, one of our guys has an Argo. Oh, I don't really like our Argos because they're kind of jerky and stuff like that. Anytime you try to take a turn, you get whiplash. Mm. Not my biggest fan, biggest fan, but he's got an Argo with tracks, and he gets around pretty good at the real soupy stuff. So, Yeah. Oh, well, that's exciting then. Uh, yeah. Now, what are, 
Are you guys running like full bodies or socks or what are you kind of doing down there for snows? So uh, we got some different trailers with different stuff because different gods like to run different things. So uh, yeah, we've been running socks up here at the North Lodge quite a bit. Uh, I really like full bodies a lot just because no matter what the wind is, uh, you can count on them looking good and stuff like that. Socks are great on high wind days. You can put a lot of them out really quick. Um, you know, they're less maintenance, less work. They're great, quick and easy setups, but. I think full bodies are still king when it comes to snow geese because they're, especially when you're hunting as many adults as we are, Yeah, um, full bodies just help out big time. They may be a little bit more of a pain. You may have to wake up an hour earlier uh, to go set decoys, but um, I would prefer to run full bodies. The first half of the season when I was at our South Lodge for all the deck, uh, we were running full bodies and they were doing the job and working good. We came up here and ran some socks and they were doing the job and stuff like that, but I still think that the full bodies, uh, personally if i had a, a snow goose spread out run all full bodies like we've been doing yeah and now does on the deck run uh hunts during the fall as well yep so they'll run all the way so arkansas has an early spec season uh starting on halloween typically well it started on halloween this year it's a two-week early spec season that runs up until uh regular duck season so uh we've been running since october 31st which was opening day early spec uh we've We've been hammering the specs. I think we were about 1,100 to 1,200 specs this season, and that's with a, a two-bird per person limit. So we've been putting a hammer on the specs. Yeah. Uh, the ducks and stuff like that, man, duck hunting's been tough in Arkansas, no matter who you ask. The ducks tend to go nocturnal. Uh, they're getting really smart around here. I think it's because there's so much water. Uh, I mean, every single rice field, every single bean field you look at has got water in it. So it makes it really hard to concentrate the ducks and stuff like that. But the specs, man, the spec hunting has been great. I've been loving doing that. We've been really working on them, really putting clients on them. So shot a stainless band this year off oh. a spec. So that was pretty cool. Dang, that's intense. Mm-hmm. That would be, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. How old is the spec? I think he was 17 years old. Wow. That's an old yeah, bird. Yeah, old, old bird. That is an old bird. We shot a, we shot a banded speck last year in Nebraska, and it was the only two we saw that day, and we shot um, both of them. One had a band from, I think it was Alaska. It was like 18 years old. Yeah, it was. this bird was from Alaska. Yeah. So they put the, they put the stainless on them for the ones they catch around, that, uh, around salt water a lot and stuff like that. That way they don't rust, so... It was really cool seeing that bird get shot. And, oh, I'm always, I'm a big bird nerd. I love learning about waterfowl, what makes them do what, uh, you know, different species and stuff like that. So, you know, bands are always interesting to me because I love seeing that data uh, when we get it back. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what kind of camera are you running down there? So I have two cameras. The majority of the season, I've been running the Sony a7 III. And just recently, like the past couple weeks, I got a, a Sony a7S III in the mail. So I've been running that. Um, love the Sony series. I'm a big video guy over photo. If I could shoot photo or video for the rest of my life, I'd definitely shoot video. But uh, the a7 III is just a total beast for both photo and video, man. Uh, great camera. And I just upgraded um, to the Sony a7S III, and I'm so happy with it. You know, great quality, um, super crisp on the video and stuff like that. And I'm keeping my a7S III around for photo, but that's what I've been running. Um, my, cam my, my Sony a7S III is just beat to death. Like, <laughs> only half of it has paint on it anymore. It's all, <laughs> it's all covered in mud. Like, you can't even read the dials anymore. 
it's 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 beat up but man it's it's definitely been a workhorse for me shooting on it every single day day in and day out for almost 130 days this season so it's been a tank yeah what kind of lenses do you like to use for that um i really like the sony the native lenses but i also am a big fan of tamron so when i was building my whole camera I, so i just I, I used to run canon for the longest time and then I, I picked up a Sony for the first time and fell in love with it. So I, I upgraded to, to a Sony last January. And uh, man, the lenses, Sony native lenses, man, they're stupid expensive. Yeah. Um, it's it's unreal. And then I found Tamron. So on my uh, 24 to 70 and my uh, 17 to 28, I've been running Tamron for that. So my wide angle and my medium focal ranges, I've been running the Tamrons. Uh, I found that they're almost as crisp as the G Masters, not as crisp. And then for a telephoto, I've been running just a, the Sony G Master uh, 70 to 200. My favorite lens, hands down, most versatile lens I own. Great quality, really crisp, man. I just love it. And I'm looking to pick up a couple more lenses this summer, uh, maybe upgrade to all G Masters next season, but who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And then is there a lens that you wish you had that you don't right now? Man, with with turkey season approaching, I've really been in the back of my mind is buying the the Sony ninety millimeter macro lens just so I can get those detailed shots of the feathers and stuff like that. And even for waterfowl, getting those up close personal shots of the birds, like after they've been been harvested and stuff like that, get the feather details, get the details in their face around their beak and stuff like that. I really like the up close detailed shots, and I've been really thinking about you know maybe getting that that. Uh, 90 millimeter macro or you know as scouting every day and stuff like that there's there's areas where i wish i have the 200 to 600 millimeter sony so i can get those you know cool shots of birds from my vehicle as they're sitting out in the field and stuff like that so those two lenses are probably two lenses on my bucket list that i'll probably pick up within the next year for sure yeah absolutely and uh what kind of editing uh apps do you use to you know create these videos so for video, uh, I'm a big fan of Final Cut Pro 10. Okay. Uh, I've really loved it. It's what I've learned on. I've tried Premiere a lot. I just can't. It's just too much for me. I love how easy it is and how simple it is. Uh, Workflow-wise on Final Cut, really big fan of it. Um, really learn how to you know get my workflow and super quick and edit videos somewhat quick with it just because I I know the software so good. I'm just a big fan of it. Uh, just the, the ease of use and stuff like that. Cause when I first started, I didn't have the $400 to pay for final cut pro. So I started on iMovie. So jumping from iMovie <laughs> over to final cut has just been a breeze. So that's probably why I love final cut so much, but yeah. And is, is final cut just a one-time payment? Yeah. Final cut. It's not like Adobe where you pay every month. The one time that's uh, like $400 without the, the student discount with the student discount. I think it's like 200 bucks, but you know, it's, it's the same software they use to edit all the Pixar movies and stuff like that, that Apple creates. So it's a really solid software for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've never, uh, cause I usually just use Adobe, um, mm-hmm. for like editing my podcast and stuff. So I'm not really big into the video. I always wonder yeah. kind of what, what the difference is on all of them. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool to hear about. Because, yeah, like yeah. Adobe's, you just pay whatever 20 bucks a month it is with the student discount. Yeah, and you get the whole creative cloud, which I use Adobe for uh, like photo editing. So I use Lightroom, Photoshop, Illustrator, stuff like that to work on photos and stuff like that. But I, when it comes to video, man, I'm, I like using that, the Apple 
the Apple software Final Cut. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, so how long have you been in Arkansas this year? Besides, so I, came, I came to Arkansas. I came to Arkansas the third week of October. So I've been here since. I've been home like one time. I came home for a couple of days at Christmas. Went back up to Indiana. But other than that, um, we weren't. You know, we didn't have long extended periods off when I was in Texas. I've been hanging out here in Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been to any other states this year? You've been traveling around in? Uh, I went to Kentucky for early season honker a couple times. Had it around Louisville. Okay. And, uh, Simpsonville did honker hunting over there for their Kentucky's early season honkers and stuff like that. Did some some early season stuff in uh, uh, Illinois too as well for early honker over there around Crab Orchard where uh, you know there's a lot of history when it comes to Canada goose hunting over there. So it's a really cool area to go on around that area. And uh, I did a couple whitetail trips this year. Went down to Oklahoma. Did a little stu- bit of stuff in Texas. Bounced around a little bit between Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky. Um, I got to go. I, I, I'm re- I'm pretty big into bow fishing. That's one thing I've always loved to. And I got to go up to uh, the great state of Maryland in oh, September wow. and and film some bow fishing up there for snakeheads and giant carp and stuff like that. That was a really good time with one of my my good buddies. Dang. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty sweet. How was the bow hunting up, bow fishing up there? Oh, it's it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. So I went with a working class outdoorsman, uh, Nick Martha. He's the captain of the boat. He's got a, uh, I believe, with a twenty foot custom bow fishing boat with a uh, forty four horsepower gator tail as a kicker motor and a two hundred and fifty horse Mercury as his his main motor. It's a it's a sweet boat, man. Nothing like it. Uh, up there they're mainly fishing for bow fishing for snakehead which is a, a really cool fish if you go over to my instagram you can see some of them they look they look gnarly they got a couple rows of teeth but man they're delicious that's probably one of the best warm water fish i've ever ate in my life and yeah. uh you know you're you're fishing based off the tides and stuff like that so it's really different style of bow fishing than what i'm used to in, in indiana shooting uh shooting big head carp and silver carp off the rivers and stuff like that you're shooting mainly common carp snakehead uh grass carp and you can shoot um big big catfish out there man 100 pound catfish off the off the rivers and stuff like that so it's it's definitely a really cool style of bow fishing that i think if you're really into the sport you you got to go experience it at least once in your life yeah it's i'm watching your video right now that's a pretty sweet uh deal they got going on up there yeah it's a it's a really good boat the, the captains are top notch no one knows the waters up there like nick does he was a commercial fisherman up there for striper and, and crabs and stuff like that before he got into bow fishing and you know he he after his first year bow fishing for fun he got into the whole guiding thing and now he's booked out you know all summer long so the guy grinds every single night goes out from anywhere from seven o'clock at night until three in the morning gets up and works his day job and does it every single day so really good guy really humble guy but really knows what he's doing dang yeah that's that's we we do a little bit of boat fishing around here but nothing like that yeah it's it's definitely like uh you know boat fishing is a lot like you know the waterfowl game it's different everywhere you go different styles and stuff like that different targeting different species of fish so i really love it you know as a as a pretty big archery guy you know you know carrying archery into into fishing as well as it's a fun thing it's a fun way to stay up in tune on your shot and you know i just really love it yeah oh absolutely and i wanted to uh after watching those videos um that you have on your instagram you know what kind of 
what goes into those like 60 second clips or whatever 30 second clips what do you kind of envision when you want to put those together so i'm putting like my short form content together what i'm really trying to do is you know how can i throw the whole story together and under a minute to hold people's attention because you know a lot of days a lot of times nowadays people don't have a longer attention span you know short form content is king like no nobody wants to watch a 30 minute video on a hunt anymore they want to short sweet and to the point so that's kind of what's in my mind a when i'm filming and uh b when i'm editing like how can i portray a whole hunt how can i portray this hunt in a way that's going to keep people's attention and hold it um in a short form video so that's kind of really what i'm working on and like what clips can i use that are really gonna you know hold people's attention whether it's slow motion birds whether it's people people shooting birds um interesting b-roll shots and stuff like that like all that's in my head when i'm when i'm shooting the video along with editing it yeah and what's kind of like the your favorite shot when you're taking those videos man i'm a big fan of the slow motion birds anything like backpedaling and the decoys um just slow motion really detailed shots of birds man that's just my bread and butter that's what i love the most like I got some really sweet shots in West Texas of uh, Lester's maple leaf and into the spread and big flocks doing it really dirty over the decoys. And I just really love slow motion birds just because, you know, it's something every waterfowler can enjoy just watching, you know, what we chase and what we pursue work so naturally and so beautifully. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How was, uh, how was the time when you're out in Texas? How's the, how are the birds out there? I know the, Water was pretty dry up in Amarillo, but I was it down in Lubbock. Lubbock, man, it it was pretty dry. We got to shoot a roost one day, and that was fun. I think we shot 115 in about an hour. Damn. Uh, we shot shot cranes, lessers, specks, snows, you know, pintails, gadwall, a little bit of everything that West Texas has to offer. Man, we we got into it that day, but um, you know. Mainly the birds down in Lubbock are roosting on the city ponds, similar to I would assume what it's like in in Amarillo, coming yeah. out to outside the city to feed in the afternoons, in the mornings, and stuff like that. Uh, pretty similar game down there, but man, dude, the lusters down there. If it's the right weather conditions, the hunting is super good. If you can get on those high wind days, man, if you're where the lusters want to be, it's going to be a great hunt, that's for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was down there. Uh, beginning of February with Cadillac, and um, yeah, we beat them up in the fog pretty good. They'd like they'd come right off this uh water hole in the feedlot, and they would just come just do it, and it was so mm-hmm. much fun. Yeah, one one day, uh, the, the second time I went down there, the first day we hunted, uh, we were on this X field, probably 25 30 mile an hour winds, and these geese were traveling a long way to get here. It was so cool watching them work because as soon as we were hunting on like the, the lower side of the field, so they would get to the high end of the field and they would just crawl like three foot off the ground the rest of the way to get into the spread. We had big groups doing it that day and we shot out. We shot 75 birds in about 20 minutes and there's the biggest pack of the group of the birds came in after we shot out. So we just got to sit there for another 20, 30 minutes and just watch birds work the spread. It was really cool just watching that many birds just fly around and the decoys get up. It was just, it was just a really beautiful sight to see as a waterfowler. Yeah. No, it's, it's a trip that I feel like every waterfowler should make. Yeah. I I 100% agree, especially the whole crane game, man. Like that's a once in a lifetime bird for a lot of people. And it's, it's super delicious to eat. And it's just a very different style of hunting than what a lot of people are used to. So I think that, you know, especially the crane game, man, it's, it's worth the whole trip to West Texas. 
Yeah. Now, what's your favorite type of bird to hunt? Man, I would have to go with lessers just because sometimes they just do it so easy. And, you know, it's always fun shooting big piles of them and stuff like that. It's just it's just a really fun bird, eh? Because it's a really fun bird to film because you have a lot of different options. You have a lot of different subjects when a big group comes in, whether you want to do a big wide shot of a big volley, or you want to get in tight and close, you have that option. Um, I just really love the lesters. And, man, snow geese. It's probably that's snow geese is a close second, even though a lot of people hate them, man. I just I just fall in love of the pursuit of chasing them down because they're a pain. They're a pain in the butt to hunt. And that's probably why I love them so much. But, man, there's just nothing like, you know, when you get a really good day for, on the snows, it pays off and all your hard work and stuff like that. Nothing feels better than than absolutely just shooting the just shooting them on a after a hard week of hunting or a hard month of hunting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had the chance to hunt them in the fall? Uh, I haven't really hunted them too much in the fall. We uh, we'll get into them sometime during early spec. So during early spec, we can shoot snows, but I haven't chased just just snows in the fall. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite thing to do is chase them in the fall. Like up in North Dakota, it's mm-hmm. it's like nothing else. Like you get all these doobies that are coming down through Canada, and their first year coming through and it's just like it's a massacre like if you get in the right area where no one's really hunting and there's just you're following the snow line or whatever it is they just eat it up mm-hmm. that's what i hear i mean i watched the uh the sitka short film for the whole nodak series and that was really cool seeing how uh Loeffler hunts them and stuff like that so i was supposed i'm supposed to go up to canada this fall and work up there if the borders open back up and stuff like that. And I hear that they chase a lot of snow geese in the fall up there, so I'm super excited for that if I get to go. But if not, maybe I'll wait up and maybe run up to the, the Dakotas or up north when early season opens up there before I have to bounce down to Lubbock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, I know it was a shitty deal because I was supposed to go up to Canada too this year. And uh, just the border closed. Terrible. Yeah, I know it's it's tough for a lot of people, man. It's tough for a lot of outfits up there. I've heard that a lot of outfits up there are struggling because the majority of their business comes from, you know, American waterfowlers going up there to hunt, hunt birds. So, yeah, and I mean, even just like the towns, those small rural towns, where I mean, they they rely on people coming up there to hunt, buy gas station food, get gas, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's just a terrible deal. Yeah, for sure. I hundred percent agree. And, uh, yeah, for, like, all the outfit guys, too, I was talking to. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough year on uh, if you guide up in Canada. I mean, at the beginning of your season, had to switch around. Like, I was talking to Jed Lamb about it. Um, he had to switch over to Kansas uh, instead of going to Canada because couldn't go up there and kind of kind of was a hurt. Yeah. Which is a terrible deal, but um, hopefully I have it op- open this year and kind of get back up there and beat them up again because that yeah that's for sure that hunting up there is unbelievable from all the stories i've heard and all my buddies that have been up there that's what i hear man i heard that you know canada is a whole different breed of waterfowl hunting it's something that you know i'm really looking forward to it that when the borders open back up i'll get to go up there and work a season or two up there so super excited for when that gets to happen so i know it'll happen eventually Maybe not within the next year or so, but I know eventually the border will open back up and we'll get to go back up to Canada and shoot those green heads in early fall again. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you can shoot, uh, I think they were saying you could shoot eight mallards, and I mean, they don't have to be all green. They could be as many yep. hens as you want, and I'm like, yeah, because hmm. at that point, you know, most of them haven't even got their plumage yet. Yeah. So it's, most of the ducks are still brown, eight ducks a day, you know, you're shooting them in dry pea fields and oat and barley fields and stuff like that. So, which I'm a big fan of dry, dry field hunting. Yeah. Uh, I hate waders, honestly, personally, <laughs> but that's just me. I can't, they're not comfortable. I can't move in them. So anytime I can be in a dry field, that's where I'm going to be. Oh yeah. No, I, I can't stand water hunting. Then you get all wet and you always have a hole in the waders and mm-hmm. it's just a whole Man. mess of things. And with me with camera gear, man, it's I always got that in the back of my mind that I could run around in the in the swamps and the marshes with a you know with six thousand dollars of camera gear in your hand. That's always on the back of my view that if you take a fall, you're gonna be hurting. A, you're gonna be cold, and then you're gonna be hurting financially afterwards. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine. I'm yeah. I'm with you. It's just water hunting's fun if you can pull right up to the pond. And it's like sheet water, and I can wear my muck boots. But other than that, ah, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, yeah, I don't know. Leave it to leave it to the other guys that like to do it. It's just uh, yep. Dry fields, I'll stick to that. Mm-hmm. That's that's my bread and butter, man. If I can be dry, I'm just wearing some bibs and some boots. I'm I'm okay with that. Which with West Texas, man, you can. I was wearing dudes every day and walking around in tennis shoes and I was hunting. That's you don't have to worry about getting mud on you or anything. That's what, no the dust. The dust is pretty bad down there, but yeah. I enjoy I enjoy hunting comfortably. You know, if I can if I can get the gear to be comfortable, I'm gonna get it. So being able to wear tennis shoes in West Texas is also super nice. Yeah. And like like you're saying, hunting comfortably. I picked up those Sitka Hudson bibs this year and wow what a game changer that was. Yeah, that's for sure. Nice. I switched everything over to Sitka, and it's, it was 100% worth the price. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. Those The Hudson bibs are nice because you can wear them early season all the way till the very last bit of it. Yeah, that's what I run for the most part. I've, I've tried on the layout bibs, man. Those layout bibs are super nice, too. I wish they would do another run of those, but I've got the Hudsons, and I really love them. I've definitely put them through the ringer. I almost caught them on fire uh, the other day. <laughs> But they got a couple burn marks now, but they're still holding out for me. Yeah, how the thing with the layout bibs for me is like they don't go all the way up on your chest, and that's like kind of the feel I like. Yeah, but they are they are a badass bib. Yeah, for sure. I would never wear the layout bibs hunting in Arkansas, but the Hudson bibs are like the staple here because they go all the way up because you're in. You're gonna be all the way up to your chest in mud, 100%. So if you can keep as much as yourself covered from the mud, that's the best way to do it. So I wear the Hudson bibs day in and day out. Like I've wore those bibs probably over 120 days this season. They've definitely got their money's worth out of them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the the nice thing about Texas. I mean, you can literally wear. You don't have to wear anything, and you're gonna still be warm. Yeah. Like when I was down. Da- I mean, when I was down there, it was a little bit chillier. Those boys were freezing, but I was like, "Hey, this is this is living the dream compared to Minnesota." Yeah, for sure. It's been cold up there. I heard. Oh, dude, it's been terrible. Like, I mean, we had a two-week span of literally anywhere from negative twenty to negative fifty. Yeah, it's 
I'd much rather deal with the uh, the dust storms in Texas <laughs> than deal with that cold temperatures. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not fun. I mean, shit, dude. Though, like our season this year, it was so fucking warm the entire year, and it just was not ideal. Um, no snow. I mean, literally, it was seventy five degrees the second weekend of November, which is unheard yeah. of. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was a warm season for you guys as well, but that, it just put a beat down on us. We honestly had pretty average temperatures down here, but the big warm up for us, we didn't really get that big push of ducks. We got our early push of geese, which they stuck around all season long, which was really helpful when it comes to guiding, but we never got that big push of ducks until about a couple of weeks ago when the uh, Antarkansas happened. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, because that's what Jed was talking about too. I mean, they didn't really see any pushes of ducks um, until like later, just because it's been so warm up here. And mm-hmm. dude, like, there's still ducks sitting everywhere around like the water holes that are heated or whatever from the city or whatnot. But yeah, like they don't have to leave; they aren't gonna leave. That's for sure. I mean, I don't blame them either. What's the point in flying all the way that far south? You don't have to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're tough birds, though. I don't know how they're sitting down that cold. Should mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd probably want to make the trip down to Arkansas, but not That's, this year at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you guys have, like, a lot of dry field hunting in Indiana? Uh, in Indiana, so when the rivers lock up, so when I was growing up, we'd get the rivers would lock up normally about once a year for a week. And, uh, the dry field mallard hunting would really turn on because the ducks had nowhere to go, but the dry fields and stuff like that, they would, uh, roost on little pockets in the river and then bounce out to the dry fields to feed in the afternoon and stuff like that. So, uh, about once a week, every single year we'd get on good dry field ha- mallard hunts, but, uh, we shoot quite a bit, few Canada geese down there and quite a few specs actually. Hmm. Um, where I am at in Indiana, the spec hunting is pretty good. So I, I grew up doing those two things and got into snow goose hunting in Indiana, uh, during the late winters and stuff like that. When we would get the, the migrators coming through headed south, uh, we would chase them quite a bit and do pretty good. Cause we, there's no pressure on snow geese where I'm out in Indiana. So they did it, did it dirty when they did it. So I remember I, when I first got into it, I had 50 DOA socks and I went out to an X field and had a really good hide. It was just me and my cousin hunting these, this group of snows. We didn't know how many was in it, but we got our first spin and there was probably about 3000 snows in this big spin. And ever since then we got hooked on it. So it was fun for sure. Getting to learn how to hunt those geese, but the snow goose hunting's really picked up in Indiana as well for people that know what they're doing and know how to chase them up there. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was that many snows over in Indiana. Yeah, so where I'm at, uh, I live right on the Wabash River and the Ohio River. So the Wabash River is one of the main corridors for um, all the birds coming from east central Canada and and east and east Canada filtering down through into the United States. Like we catch a lot of sandhill cranes and stuff like that too on their way to Alabama yeah. and the coast and stuff like that. So all of those kind of kind of funnel right through my little area in indiana around uh southwest indiana so we get a decent push of birds every year and it makes the waterfowl hunting really fun because we can see a variety of stuff every year yeah absolutely and uh yeah no that's that's sweet um are the rivers like do you guys hunt any rivers down there do, do does anybody 
Uh, the river hunting when when growing up, they didn't have as many marshes and you know dedicated marshes set up for waterfowl hunting. Uh, river hunting was great. I mean, you can ask the old timers; like they could go out there and shoot a limited ducks easy every single day. There's just so many ducks on the river there. But uh, now DU's came in and really helped out Indiana, built a lot of marshes. So a lot of the birds are coming off the rivers now, um, flying down. Still the southwest, still the western part of the state, but uh, just hitting different marshes and different. Uh, set up wildlife areas dedicated just for waterfowl they begin to hit those so it's they're not far from the river at all the ducks will still migrate down the river but uh the river hunting really isn't as big as it used to be um anymore but the the river hunting was really fun when it was good it still it still gets good when everything else freezes and then the rivers are the only thing open uh, all the ducks are pouring there but as far as starting on the river and ending on the river and you just don't see many hunters doing that anymore yeah Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to dig into, uh, the G tech. So what's that all about? I've been seeing it everywhere. Uh, so, so the G tech is a, uh, like a battery operated heated, uh, hand warmer. So that's like my like hands down. Like they, they sent one to everyone in my, that works as the outfitter. And I've heard nothing but good things from all my guys back. I've been working with them since of, uh, about October of, uh, 2020. So I got on with them. A uh, great product, amazing product. Uh, I recommend it to anyone who does not like gloves. So I can't stand wearing gloves, especially filming. Yeah. So I mean, when you're on the hottest setting of this this G Tech, man, you could probably kick a hot pot to in that thing. It's so warm. Oh, but wow. there's uh, three different settings on it. Uh, super great product. You can use my code ZRHunt to get 15% off of your your G Tech. But it's a great product, man. Go look into it got like a little heated grab bar in there and it really keeps your hand warm so on those cold days lasts about anywhere from one to three hours depending on what setting you have it on and it's i recommend it to any waterfowl hunting uh, you'll see joe hines wearing it nowadays some of my um other content buddies like louise brad and uh, andrew Bowie and all those guys they all work with g-tech and they all push the product and they all believe in it because they use it every single day just like i do yeah, I was seeing that Luis, because uh, that's how I kind of realized what it was, was from him. Because um, I had him on the podcast a couple, couple episodes ago, probably in the teens. But yeah, no, he's a, he's a lot of fun to talk to and hang out with. Yeah, Luis was just down here in Arkansas with me this past weekend. So he was kicking it out here at El Sullivan's Duck Lodge with me, which is the, the lodge we lease out during uh, snow goose season for On the Deck. But he was coming and hanging out with me, shooting some content with me, and just hanging out because him and I are pretty good buds. We've been together since the beginning, so it was really good. It's always a good time to get together with some of the guys that have been there with you through the whole journey. So, absolutely, and both of you are pretty young, aren't you? Aren't you about nineteen? Yeah, I'm nineteen years old. Luis is seventeen. He's yeah. still he's still a minor. Yeah, <laughs> which me me and all my buddies give him hell about that all the time. But <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah so. there's 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 a lot of young guys in the industry. If you look at, especially in the whole camera world, man, like yeah, there's so many so many up and coming great content creators, great photographers, great videographers that are under 22. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the um, a lot of the content creators now are really young guys. Mm-hmm. It's great to see a lot of people my age, you know, getting into hunting and getting away from the you know just the regular life of video games and stuff like that and getting back out in the outdoors it's it's really nice to see that oh exactly yeah it's good to see young guys uh working hard getting after it um Mm -hmm. at such a such a young age right out of high school or whatever it is or 
for Lewis's sake, uh, dropped out of high school. Yep, he, he dropped out and he got his like he he got his GED and yeah. started rolling with it. So not a bad play, not a bad play mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, no, it's I feel like nowadays it's just you gotta everyone strives on you gotta go to college and that's not the sake. Yeah, um, that's that's what I'm really grateful for. My parents told me like when I sat down and told them this is what I wanted to do, they said. We'll support you in whatever you want to do. If you want to go to college and get a marketing degree, go to college and get a marketing degree. But you don't have to do that. Like, we're not going to force you to go to college. And I was really happy that my parents supported me through this whole journey and everything. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a good deal. Cause, yeah, I mean, you see so many people on, they have to go to college or whatever it is um, and just not able to chase their dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, I'm just so happy that I, I get to do, you know, everything I've ever loved between being outside every day in the outdoors and getting to create content and, you know, use my creative abilities to, to make stuff for the outdoor industry, man. It's just, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Absolutely. I want to dig into that mustache of yours. That tells, a, I've been, that tells a story. I've been, uh, last turkey season, I decided to start growing out and, uh, I had it from, you know, early April till probably about May. And then I shaved it off and then started growing it back out. And I just, you know, I decided that I looked better with long hair and the mustache <laughs> than with long hair, and no mustache. So uh, I actually just, I discovered the Snapchat filter the other day about that, like takes all your facial hair off your face. And I, I tried it just to see what it looked like. And after looking at that, I'm definitely not shaving my mustache anytime <laughs> soon. That's your brand now. That's, that's yeah, what that's, you're known for. That's that's whatever. Like I'll get comments all the time. Like, what's your hair and mustache routine and stuff like that. Like mustache maintenance comments on TikTok. I'm like, listen, guys, I just let it go and do whatever. I haven't I haven't had a, a haircut since probably July now because there's nowhere you know I can't find anywhere to get a haircut down here. So that's what I just tell people. I'm like, man, I just hey, I just don't have time to go get a haircut and I don't know where to get one. That's why my hair's so long. But, yeah, the mustache has kind of become my my icon, <laughs> along with the, the the duck camp mallard hat. Everyone, you know, that's the two things I'm known for: that hat and and my mustache. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Gotta love it. Yep. I uh, gotta love the mustache and the old uh, rope hat. Mm-hmm. Those rope hats—they're blowing up. Yeah, everyone loves them, man. They're hard to keep on the shelves. Like, I tried to see if Duck Camp would work for me a little bit since I was selling so many through TikTok, and those hats ended up selling out. And I had a good feeling that's probably because of my TikTok. Because anytime I post one, I'd get you know anywhere from two to fifteen comments asking about my hat. So, yeah. But, you know, hopefully, one day down the line, I'll get to work with them. They're a great company, great product. I believe in everything they've got. Uh, got multiple shirts from them, multiple hats. You know, they're a solid company. That's for sure. So. I'd love to work with him down the line someday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, are you uh, planning to make any of your own merch here? Uh, I did a small run of stuff just to sell on TikTok to kind of help fund me, but I did like a speckle belly shirt. I kind of like um, did like based off popular brands already. So I did like a bar belly sports kind of going off the uh, the barstool sports and stuff like that. Yeah. So I did like a, a speckle belly design with uh, the stars around it, like the barstool logo and um, did like a, a Canada goose, but like uh, the oh, I'm trying to remember the rest. What's 
What's the uh, it's got the panda? It's the Chinese fast food restaurant. Oh, um, Panda Express. Yeah, I did like a, a Panda Express Canada Goose shirt. Uh, uh, Joey Vasallo has it from Midwest Flyways, and he loves it. He tells me about that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did like uh, some big game stuff with some some antlers and some different cool designs of that. But I kind of stepped away from that. Uh, just don't have time during the season. Maybe during the off season, I'll come back and do some better designs and different stuff like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're making those logos and designs, what are you kind of looking for when you make them? Uh, I'm just, you know, trying to drum up whatever leftover creativity I have after sitting at a computer all day and <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, what would be cool, what would someone want to buy, and what would someone enjoy, you know, wearing around and stuff like that. Just mainly what would other people enjoy is really what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. I like a lot of the... Um, Stuff that's like hunting um but then it's also like a casual hunting wear uh, mm-hmm. so then like you know if you're not a hunter then you can also wear it as well um, yeah i mean like falco they have a really cool design um as like their entrance logo or whatever to their lodge i really like that yeah stuff like that and then like the stuff you were talking about i really like kind of expanding on that and like i don't know making something really cool i like that idea but. yeah that's for sure that's why i like i like duck camp a lot too because they have a lot of good hunting stuff but they also have a lot of good you know couch to wear like i'm a big fan of button-up shirts and i've got some awesome button-up shirts and different things like that today for the hunter and also for the casual wear so yeah absolutely yeah no and then uh yeah man that's awesome but hunting those arkansas um do you ever go down in the timber hunting in Arkansas, like for ducks? Uh, we have a couple timber leases, not like, you know, tried and true Arkansas timber. Uh, I got to go hunt public one day this year, and that was absolutely epic. Like, that's my new favorite way to shoot mallards. Uh, we went on Thanksgiving Day. We didn't have any clients in that day. So we went and hunted the Cache River. Um, you know, the water was pretty low, so we had to hunt the river itself. But it, was, it wasn't true, true, you know, backwater timber hunting in Arkansas. But it was, it was still awesome. We had, like... 400 mallards try to get in our hole and ended up you know landing like 100 of them and then calling the shot because we couldn't wait any longer but <laughs> it was really fun to get to experience like you know true arkansas timber hunting kicking the water like you know competing with other hunters for ducks and you know everyone highballing on their call and stuff like that trying to get the ducks to come over to get to them to catch their attention and stuff like that it's it's definitely way different than hunting private timber um public timber and private timber are two completely different style of hunting that's for sure okay yeah fair enough yeah that's that's something i'd like to do is go chase them down in the timber i feel like that'd be pretty sweet to watch those mallards just drop in there yeah that's for sure it's there's nothing like watching a a mallard backpedal into a hole and you know there's it's just you know seeing them in their natural element and just the timbers are such a a cool place it's as a photographer and a videographer it's such a moody place there's like you know all the different greens the colors the color schemes and stuff like that it's it's an awesome place to create content and it's an awesome place just to stand on a tree and watch duck work ducks work yeah and now to dig into that little color you were talking about um when you're taking these videos photos and stuff like that is there like a certain color pattern you use in all your videos um i know i've talked to some guys that kind of have like a set color to uh their name um, is that something you kind of look for? Uh, I've kind of got like my own creative style. So like, if you look on like 
my social media and stuff like that. I like a lot of contrast, a lot of punchy colors and stuff like that. I try to portray that into my video as well. Um, you know, I use a, I have a eight different uh, preset LUTs that I use. So when I'm recording video, I have a monitor, an external monitor on my camera that, you know, I plug all these LUTs into that I can get a different feel for uh, each of the LUTs as I'm filming and stuff like that. So I've kind of got my own little, little cinematic color style set up that I really enjoy. And, you know, everyone's got their own little way that they edit that kind of sets them apart. And it's kind of like what they're known for. Like, I love Luis's style, how it's, you know, a lot of like lights, but really contrasty with the darks. Like he does an excellent job of editing his photos and stuff like, stuff like that. So, you know, you can definitely tell like a, a person who, who did what photo by just looking at the photo without a name. So, yeah, I feel like that's a great way to separate yourself is if you kind of have the same color um, throughout your entire profile and kind of showing this is what you're all about. Yeah, and everyone kind of, you know, as you go along, you develop. You, if you learn to, to make what you like, it helps you, I feel like, become more successful because you're not trying to be cookie cutter like everyone else. If you just, you know, go about creating the content that you like, making it the colors that you like, you, you'll be a lot more happy you'll be a lot happier with your work. And also, um, you know, it'll set you apart from everyone else. Just doing something different. Uh, just trying not to be cookie cutter and doing your own work is just, I feel like it's what sets people apart and will make you successful in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And for these companies that you work with, how do you get um, in contact with them? How do you kind of get to work with them? Uh, the companies that I, like some companies, if I've been using them for a while, and I've uh, been ph photographing them for a while. I sent them sample photos. And like, hey, like, you know, I truly believe in what you guys are putting out. Like, um, the big thing when it comes to working with companies is not what they can do for you; it's for what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I come with a list of like different amenities, what gear I have, like what's available to me for photos, like different um, landscapes and stuff like that that I could go and take photos on. Different, um, you know, different opportunities I have coming up that I can work with uh different companies and stuff like that it's really what i'm going to do for the company and what, what they can do for them but some companies reach out directly to me other times i've uh i've reached out to other companies like uh, g tech i reached out to them because i tried the product i love the product and i really wanted to be a part of their team so i reached out to them i was like hey this is my name this is what i do um i'd love to work with you guys uh you know not asking for anything in return right now i just i just want to you know create content for you guys and uh, worked out great. And now it's one of my favorite companies to work for. One of my favorite companies to create content for. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I feel like that's uh, something hard for people to, you know, get after on how to get a part yeah. of those companies and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of people are just sitting around waiting for the companies to come to them. But if you truly believe in a product, um, I would, I recommend just going after it and trying to get on board with them. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to create content for a company that you 100% believe in uh, than creating content for a company that you would never use their product. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Because, yeah, I mean, if you're not believing in their product, why would you want to keep filming for it and all that kind of stuff? Yep, 100%. But that's fun. And then, yeah, man, the YouTube deal you got going on. Um, and then are you guys going to be filming just, like, waterfowl hunts, or are you going to kind of expand off of uh, that? So with Cole's personal YouTube, we'll be fishing, doing a lot of fishing, a lot of hunting, a lot of just, you know, 
I'm not. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Gigan Squad and stuff like that, but uh, Cole's pretty good friends with John yep. and Perry. So we're gonna be fishing a lot with them this summer, doing a lot of content, collabing with them, along with um, some different TikTok people. We'll be doing some hunting stuff. We have a we're doing a turkey camp with um, some big TikTok people coming up uh, in April at a, a ranch in South Oklahoma. Oh. That should be really dope. So uh, we have some content coming up with that. We just got, you know, a little bit of everything in the outdoors world from camping to fishing to, you know, different type tips and tricks when it comes to waterfowl hunting, decoys, uh, decoy tactics, decoy trailer organization, um, you know, exotic hunts in West Texas and, and East Texas and, you know, everything. We want to really showcase what Texas has to offer in the outdoor game along with different places around the country. I think we're going to shoot up to Maine um to camp claw this summer too for a little bit do some east coast content and different stuff like that so the youtube's gonna be really fun i definitely you know if you're not subscribed to cold's channel already i definitely recommend it because it's gonna be a lot of fun this summer yeah and is that something you've kind of always wanted to do is film on youtube or is that kind of something that just kind of popped up and you're like hey let's do it yeah that was just kind of something that's popped up i was like yeah let's go for it so uh I've, i've i'm always a big cinematic guy like with this opportunity, though, it gives me something to film every day to practice my craft along with Cole's giving me, you know, like a week a month to go out and do all my freelance stuff and, you know, work on my cinematic projects along with, you know, filming the everyday style YouTube video. So it's uh, it's the best of both worlds, you know, getting to be outside still every single day and having the outdoor, like still having time to go work with my different companies and do my different projects and stuff like that. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a fun time. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that'll be a blast, man. I'm excited for you. That'll be, uh, that'll be really fun. Go, uh, experience all those different types of hunts and fishing opportunities that you're going to be able to get. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be good. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we, we covered a lot today. I mean, we, we did, we crushed. Is there anything else that you'd kind of, that we didn't go over today that we could still talk about? Um, anything that you have in mind? Man, I think we really covered everything that I got, you know. My life's a little bit interesting, but not too interesting. I think we covered, you know, everything I have to offer. Yeah, dude, that was awesome. We we covered the map, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. So. But, all right, brother. Hey, that was a blast. We're going to have to do this again. Um, Sorry, I got to cut you short. I got to go run off and do another meeting. Um, but No, you're was, good. That was fun, dude. I had a blast. And let's try to plan a part two on here. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. All right, brother. Hey, thank you. And once again, uh, go have fun and go shoot those snows up. I'll I'll try. So thanks for having me on. All right, brother. You have a good one. You too. And that wraps things up today with Zach. I mean, it was an absolute treat to, you know, dig into all that fun stuff with camera work, Instagram, YouTube. And it was just really cool to hear his story and how he kind of runs things. And I wish him the best of luck over in Texas. Calling that his new home for right now. Going to be doing the film with Cole down uh, down there. So that'll be sweet. I'm excited for him. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope you're able to take some things away. You know, the early content creators that are starting to come up, you know, really you know, don't be afraid to reach out to some of these guys. They're great dudes. Um, and they're always willing to help. So it's awesome. And thank you once again. And I hope y'all enjoyed.